The Peugeot 508 is classed as a large car under $70,000 in the Australian market, which puts it in with Commodores, Falcons and Orions, and not much else really, Hyundai Genesis and the Skoda Superb, which are two nice cars. Last year, this segment of the market declined in sales by about 8%. Interestingly, there are more cars, 11 in total, in the luxury above $70,000 segment for large cars, although they don't sell anything like the Commodore. Last year, their market declined by about 4%. Now, the Peugeot, Hyundai and Skoda hardly bother the scorer in terms of sales. Last year, Peugeot sold just 341 508 cars, which was 0.9% of the market. Holden totally dominated the segment, selling 27,700 Commodores, for 71% of this market segment. But Peugeot calls their 508 an executive sedan. Is it more than a hack model? Independent motoring writer Brent Davidson and I have been driving some of the 508 Peugeots and he joins me on the line to discuss them. Brent, is this a medium or is it a large car? David, can we go with it's a giant economy size car? No, seriously, look, it's, it's, it's a fraction of just under 4.8 metres long. So I'm, I'm going to go with it. It's a big car and leave it at that. But the funny thing is, it doesn't have a big car presence. It looks quite petite, quite delicate in, in its own sweet way, which is kind of it has this little, little bit of a French thing about it, doesn't it? doesn't look like a micro car by any sense, but it doesn't look like a lumbering big uh, sedan. Got a bit of style to it and uh, things I, th- I think looks quite good. Let's just cover a few of the things. Uh, it comes in three models. Yes, it does. Um, essentially, uh, three, three engine uh, ranges too. We have the active Allure and GT. And when you come down to the engines, you get a 1.6 litre turbocharged petrol engine, a 2 litre turbo diesel and a 2.2 litre turbo diesel. And, and the funny thing is we've, we've kind of gone full circle or, or half circle in fact because not that many years ago when you wanted power and performance you went for the um, petrol engine. Now the two turbocharged engines available are far more powerful and have way more torque out, output than the, than the 1.6 turbocharged petrol engine. It's, it's all a bit, um, yeah, a bit different. Well, of course, the GT, as you say, has a diesel engine. That's uh, a little different from what it's been in the past. You can also get a station wagon. Now, let's talk about the price of them. Start at about 37000 plus on-roads. You've got to add uh, about uh, 10 to 12% for on-roads. In fact, to start at the active with the petrol engine, it's about $41,500 and goes up to, for the GT, in the sedan goes up to about 63200 that's to get it drive away price uh, 63000 or so dollars at about 3 grand for the station wagon but i must admit just at the moment at the time of broadcasting they do have the a $5000 bonus on everything but the GT so 66 and a half for the top of range GT station wagon that's not too bad, I guess, within the context of uh, the Commodores and Falcons. Yeah, look, it's the weakness we have, I guess, with, with cars coming out of Europe, isn't it? They will be a bit more expensive than, than the local product or cars coming out of Southeast Asia. Uh, and, and we kind of accept that difference because we can say it's a European car and, you know, 
There are boasting rights there. But, but at the same time, we have to also acknowledge that the cars are coming to us tremendously well equipped. I mean, you have to go through and look at the things the Peugeot family doesn't have. And, and there aren't that many of them. And, and it gets down to weird little things. When, when you buy the, the entry-level car, for example, you don't get the electronic parking assistance at the front or the electronic parking assistance at the rear. I mean, we're talking about little things, really, little beepers that, that work to help our eyes. And these are the sort of things we're missing out on, uh, on the entry-level car. Everything else, they're tremendously well-equipped. I do like the beepers, actually, even with rear cameras. It just keeps you as another way of understanding where you're at and um, how near you are to things that surround you. Well, it's better than parking by touch, David. I have to give you <laughs> and, and And with, with our modern uh, car design, sort of building high boot lines and, and narrow window openings and that sort of thing, cars are getting a little harder to see out of, yes. So, yes, every bit of assistance is, 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 uh, is welcome. I think. I got about 7.9 litres per hundred in going around in the GT, which is more a grand touring rather than that some people think that means super sports car. Yeah, but 7.9 litres per hundred, David, I, I have a, a, a small um, Asian uh, hatchback in my garage, which I'm, I'm, I can really say, yeah, look at me, I'm getting 7.2. And yet here we are in a diesel, in you know, like a one point, a two point two-litre turbo diesel with 150 kilowatts and 450 newton metres, and, um, and, and, and it's, it's achieving um, you know, small hatchback fuel economy numbers and, and probably weighs close to 1.6 tonnes. Yep, I think that's pretty good. It, it, the petrol tanks seem to go down the gauge rather quickly, but uh, when then I went touring and it, and it wasn't too bad. So all in all, yeah, I think if you use it reasonably, it's a good way to go. The engine, the, the diesels, of course, like all diesels, have just a little bit of turbo lag. When you're pulling out into a stream of traffic, you have to be careful. You tend to flatten it to get it going, and then it powers away with a little bit of uh, tyre squeal. Inside, the GT had leather seats with red stitching. Uh, a little bit uh, been around for a while, but it didn't look too bad. The Peugeots, I, I believe that uh, the French know how to put the most comfortable seats in the world in cars, and, and seats in Peugeots are among my favourites. But, but Peugeot seems to have the knack of making a car that you instantly feel comfortable with. And there aren't that many that do that. You sort of drop into the seat and, and you put your hands out and, and they fall onto certain places. They know where the, where the switches and the stalks are and that sort of thing. You might have a bit of fiddly work around the radio, the audio system and the air conditioning, but you can kind of figure that out. But, but the car is designed to sort of fit the driver. And that's what I really like about, uh, well, there are a few European cars like that. I found that uh, I had to get used to a little bit of things. For example, there was a switch on the left-hand side of the centre console near the ski lever that w you emphasised that it looked like lumbar support, but you thought, is that for the passenger? You pressed it and your lumbar support moved with your driver, but it turned out it was actually a massage button. You do understand that the words idiosyncrasy and French cars go together, don't you? <laughs> I mean, we've been saying this for, for decades and, 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 and just as we start to think that the French are uh, coming around to, you know, contemporary thinking with their cars, they go and do something like that and we think, yep, 
Still got it, buddy. <laughs> I found a couple of things. Whenever you turned it off, the uh, heads-up display, which I like, you know, that, that puts a little screen up in front of you that you can put the speed on uh, in digital form. So it's very nice to see. I like that. But I had to set it up every time I started the car. And the rear vision mirrors seem to readjust every time I started the car. So if I went to the shops, got out, got back in again, I had to do some adjusting. And the adjusting of the head up to the screen was a, a, a little, you pulled down what looked almost like a fuse box. So I'm not over the, t- you know, going too hard on it, but it's certainly something that uh, in one week, I found myself still struggling to find, as you say, its idiosyncrasies. How did you find it drive? It drove all right? This is the thing I like about, again, I like about French cars. They are extremely sublime. Um, they don't, like it, your, your car that you're talking about had a GT badge, Grand Touring. GT is for Grand Touring, not for let's get the hell out of here. And, and they are beautiful cars to cruise in. They handle corners with, with a degree of dignity. Um, they can go hard and fast if you really want them to. And while you, they're doing that, they don't scare the hell out of anybody in the passenger seat. And that's the bit I like, that you don't get all white-knuckled. The car is, in many cases, well able to deal with the person at the wheel. Yes, one that both you say physically you can feel comfortable with, but dynamically you can feel comfortable with as well. Yeah, so overall I liked it. I did, of course, we're talking about idiosyncrasies, French car. It did have a cigarette lighter. Uh, most of these are now just... Of course it did. <laughs> most of these are now power buttons for charging things, uh, which you can then option up to get the actual thing in there to be a cigarette lighter but this seemed to have a standard equipment I I, I didn't check the the things but it was certainly there for me all right Brent overall you would think I found just briefly I found inside the interior wasn't too harsh you know it wasn't that sort of harsh plastics it uh, it it felt uh, quite good oh yeah yeah David my big thing when I come to making a decision on car is could I take this car on a very long drive? Mm. Um, I live in Newcastle. If someone said, look, you need to be in Melbourne tomorrow morning, could I, which car would I choose? And, and yes, this is a car that I would actually put up there to do that long drive. And I could do it comfortably, safely. I would feel happy doing that. And, you know, it's, when you can say that about a car, you, you're pretty much in the, high on the approval rating. Now, do you think that they may get more numbers once Holden and Ford uh, and, in fact, Toyota move out of the market? Well, move out of the Australian-made part of the market. The numbers might lift a bit. I I still think that um, the French cars particularly are still an acquired taste. All right. That's that's a good summation. Brent, it's always lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. David, it's always my pleasure. Brent Davidson, the independent motoring journalist who's giving us his opinion on French cars in general, but the Peugeot 508 in particular.